0: Kill you with uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Nate Jackson. By the way, can I just say our pre podcast was probably better, more compelling than anything that we're about to do here. But I don't know <laughs> if we ever want to do that would be good to do someday. Wouldn't it, fellas? Someday. It someday. Someday. someday, someday. someday. Do it someday.
1: right now, man. If you want. You. <laughs> Not like <it>. Not like
0: <laughs> you i i i i want to do it with at the point that we're okay um taking the risk that we may never be friends again uh, that's ah. that's what i want to do oh, okay I'm but it joking. used
1: to be like you used to be able to have
0: conversations like that and, and still be friends after wow what a tease well, I'll, I'll, all right hold on a second hold on a second and hey, we kill you with truth here right yeah, yeah. kill you with truth here we'll get to it later. All right. Let's uh, talk about the Denver Broncos. That's a tease. That is bad radio right Woo. there. Perhaps bad video. Um, did you guys, Oh, Johnny, do you have the video of Russell Wilson? I'm going to Johnny and I didn't prep Johnny for this before. So hopefully you can find it. I, do. But I was at the. Oh, you do. All right, guys, check this out. Russell Wilson on his 35th birthday at the nuggets game last night. Check this out. how do you how do you like and by the way so they i didn't even realize he's at the game so when they did him like oh he's got to be center center i go center center Oh, he's not there i go where is he he's off center a little bit Uh, uh. Mm -hmm. but so so that tells me um he got those seats maybe even a little bit at the last minute and we'll get into what he takes away from being environments like that. But first Nate, what about that reception for Russell Wilson? You realize he had been to some nuggets games where they didn't even announce him because they were afraid he was going to be booed. And now you go to that last night. Wowza
1: yeah Denver is a football town. Denver's a Broncos town. If you're winning, they love you. If you're losing, they fucking hate you, man. and it doesn't and if you're the quarterback and you're getting paid a ton of money and you're not playing well and you're losing your public enemy. Number one, I I feel happy for Russell that he got, that he got that. It wasn't exactly a standing ovation, but it was an ovation. And he seems a little uncomfortable in the spotlight there. He kind of half stood up and sat down and was like, not really smiling. I don't think he really feels comfortable in that sort of a spotlight, which, um, which I understand most people probably wouldn't, you know, Um, but um, good for Russell. He's playing good football. Again, these are the moments that you can't start smelling your own ass because People are starting to praise you. People are starting to stop you in the street. Tell you how great yep. you are. Keep it up, Russell. Keep... And, and now you got to stay focused, man. Keep the blinders on. Yep. And it's about the body of work at the end. It's like, you know, it's like Cortland Sutton tweeting out the apology letter to Russell Wilson. Maybe a tad too early. Let's finish right. this race. And, uh, and, and and all the riches and everything. Well, all the doors and all the legs will be open to you, Russell. If you just keep going. <laughs>
2: uh, hopefully he's not looking for too many open legs uh, with his wife. Um, um Five in a row, man. This is what happens when you win five in a row. And it just goes to show um, while you may feel like they love you, they don't love you. They love what you do for them. And so sometimes an athlete, I think you, we get to, it all twisted up in our head. They love me. No, they love they love you when you can produce something oh, that makes wow. them happy. Mm. So that's the difference there. And to your point earlier, when you were announcing this clip, you were talking about Russell Wilson and the Nuggets being afraid to introduce him because he would be booed. So it just goes to show my point exactly that you may feel like, oh my gosh, I am Russell Wilson. This entire town loves me. No, (laughs) they will turn on you in a second and they will hate you unless you win and produce. So this is a winning business. It's a winning expectation. The Broncos are one of the winningest organizations not just in professional football, but in all of professional sports. The standard is there. Unless you meet that standard, even if you are Russell Wilson, you will be booed in this town. That's how high the standard is. And Russell Wilson, hopefully, is just taking that with some perspective from last night. Yeah, it was great to get the ovation. Um, but yeah, they were afraid just a couple of weeks ago because they were afraid I would get booed
1: real quick Dmac, it's um you know the the extreme there that we see with Russell Wilson the starting quarterback of the broncos very polarizing figure either they love you or they hate you but there's another form of it when you stop playing and you're you you know you're a player on on the team in the nfl you wear the right. helmet and people right. love you because you're on the broncos right. and the minute you are cut and you take off that helmet they don't hate you. They just don't care. It's complete indifferent. Right. You don't right. exist anymore. And so right. when you are moving on from this world, it's a tough pill to swallow because all of a sudden nobody cares about you. You know, those doors actually start to shut, and so do
0: the legs. Uh, well, so let me give you a little moment from, from last night to, to emphasize your point. So Jokic had a, a big night. Uh The Nuggets had a, a great game offensively, not defensively, but they did win. And it was a little bit of a bummer, a big bummer that Jamal Murray, who's coming back from a hamstring injury, turns his ankle. And I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But it was Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. who were speaking to the media, not Nikola Jokic. I bring that up because usually we have to wait for Jokic. So I'm walking out and it's I'm like a little happy because it's a little bit earlier. And guess who I'm right behind? Nikola Jokic. And he's walking out now. I'm like, do I pass Nikola Jokic in the hallway? He's walking kind of slow, and he's a big fella. So I just kind of lingered, and I, I wanted his perspective as he left. And to your point, Nate, being the man in the arena, I just found it a wild dichotomy that you go from 19,000 people screaming and yelling for you. In football, it's 80,000, right? Something like that. But then there's a moment that you have to gather yourself when it's all said and done. That you are metaphorically, maybe literally, walking through that hallway by yourself. And Jokic is great. He says hi to all the security people, um, some of the production, TV production people. He literally will acknowledge everybody that he passes. But it's still a quiet man by himself after all that adulation, just going to his car by himself, returning home from work. I think Jokic is balanced with it. I wonder about Russell Wilson. I think there's something about being in that environment that propelled him to go to that Nuggets game, to Mm. want that adulation, to soak that in. Don't forget, yesterday was his 35th birthday, and this was a Wednesday night, a work night, a work night, where, where really, I mean, why aren't you at your own birthday party? Why are you there at a Nuggets game with, I don't know, one or two people that you're friendly with, and I think Russ needs that vibe from everybody. I'll start with you, Chad, on that. But I, I think he he needs that sort of we love you, Russ, sort of moment. I don't think Jokic needs it at all. I think he's a guy who's happy just to walk down the hallway by himself. But on his 35th birthday, Russell Wilson wasn't with friends and family at a birthday party. He was sitting front row for a Nuggets game.
2: All right, I'm not going to go all draft day here and say, you know, Russell Wilson invited people to his party and nobody came. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So we had to go to the Nuggets game to be around people. I I I can't. I don't want to psychoanalyze the moment. You just did.
0: But, <laughs> um, you did. I didn't even think of that, but you, you brought it up. Well done. Nate
2: and I certainly <laughs> have had teammates who the spotlight is literally like the reason why they play. They go through all this not for the money, but for the spotlight. And that is – what they crave that is the fuel to their internal fire that is so incredibly important to them. Um, and there's other guys like the Joker and, and other teammates I've had who that is completely not what they're in it for. Um, so yeah, the, I, I think the, the range of personalities within the locker room allows room for that Russell Wilson in this scenario kind of guy, uh, where they are seeking the adulation, they're seeking the attention. Um, And I've always worried and concerned. I've been concerned about those guys because at some point it does end and you've got to live life a little bit. I went to a CU game and Dr. J was a a, a visitor on the sideline for coach prime. did all his, you know, waving on the sideline and all that. He went up into the athletic director's booth and he took a nap. And what (laughs) he was an old man taking a nap. You know what I mean? He was Dr. J when he was on the field, when he was up in the booth, He was just snoring away an old man. So at some Mm. point, real life just catches up with you. And reality catches up with you. And people may be happy to see you temporarily. But at some point, it's just going to be real life. I think the Joker clearly recognizes that. Um, And and I think, uh, you know, as an athlete, at some point, you have to make peace with that. You are going to go places and people aren't going to know your name. It blows me away because everywhere I go around the country, I see Steeler fans. Mm. And I can walk right past him. A dude in a Steeler hat, a Steeler jacket, a Steeler t-shirt. He could not be more Stevie Steeler. But he, I walk right past him. He has no idea who I am. Mm. So maybe in context, if I was at a Steeler game, he could place it together. But walking by me at the airport, I'm just another dude trying to get to the airport. He has no idea.
0: So you better be able to handle that, right, Nate? No. You you better be able to handle that in life.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, when we when we are kids we all have dreams to go play in, in the nfl or the nba or whatever it is and then when you get there it's no longer your dream it's somebody else's dream that you have to embody you're the main mm-hmm. character now in in their dream and their fantasy so they don't care about you as a person what's going on in your heart um They care about the dream. They care about the idea of what you represent. And for a guy like like Nikola Jokic, he's caught between those two worlds where he is clearly not a guy who uh, wants to embody the fairy tale and the fantasy, but he has to play along to an extent because he is the best player in the world. But he clearly enjoys silence. Yes. So when he gets to his car, he's in by himself, that car door shuts, and he (sighs) breathes a sigh of relief. You wonder if Russell Wilson enjoys the silence i, I don't think, think he so does. Yeah. and i don't think he's ever yeah. alone you know he's there's no way he rolled to mm-hmm. rolls by himself there's always someone with him you know there's always going to be someone there there's people living in his house documenting their lives there's got you know all these staff members and things like that i, I imagine nicole Jokic doesn't have Two chefs, uh, maybe he's got one, um, maybe he's got zero, maybe it's just him, his wife, and his kid, you know. And I think he appreciates the silence, the quiet, the ability to let his hair down and not embody your dream and, and live your fantasy. He can live his own life and his own truth. And I think the guy, the guys who have trouble after they're done are the guys who can't handle the silence because it, the silence is deafening. I mean, when you are finally done, you don't have an itinerary. You don't have anywhere to go. You don't have anyone calling you. Don't like, you don't have anyone cheering for you and you have nothing but time and nothing but silence and quiet. And what are you going to do with that? You have to face it. And a lot of guys um, don't face it very well. So
0: yeah, you, you said that, uh, well, you know, I, he was like a little hum, a little shy or whatever. This is a guy with three kids. Pregnant wife, teammates, and on his birthday, he wanted to be at the Nuggets game. Where he on was a Wednesday. gonna yeah. on a Wednesday, a work, a work night, school night, yeah, yeah. where he could have been sitting obviously in a luxury box, which are great seats, by the way. Yeah. Mm. And he sat courtside many times. So it's not, and he wasn't even center court. He wasn't center center. (laughs) He was down a little bit. He's with
1: with a couple randos. Like, who are those people? It it
0: was a little, a little rando. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is how he wants to spend his birthday. And you know what? That, you know, sometimes your birthday really isn't for you. Sometimes, as a grown person, it really is for your family to be with you, that sort of thing. I thought it was fascinating, and I thought the adulation of the crowd must have been very, very satisfying to him. So I think this is the fascinating character study of Russell Wilson, just who he is. And earlier in the day, he said he wants to play until his 40s. I I understand that. I, I totally believe that because once you walk off that field for good guys, let's be honest. There's no way there can be anything like it. Now, I'm not nearly, nearly like you guys on any stretch. However, I had a moment, a moment, where back at KBPI, I wrote a parody song to Ba with the Ba called Bork with the Bork. And myself, Mark Stout, and Willie B performed that song, which was kind of a hit song back in 2001, at Red Rocks between Bush and Godsmack in front of 10,000 people. The song was only a couple minutes long. But, guys, I'm telling you, it was a rock star moment top to bottom. It was the roar of the crowd when we were introduced. We performed the song, and it was a – you guys, it was crazy how popular the abs were back then when they were making a Stanley Cup run. We wrote a song that was literally a hit song. I know it sounds goofy, but at Red Rocks in front of 10,000 people, dude, it was like being a rock star. And I've always wondered as an athlete, how the hell you go to sleep after a game? Like after all of that, all that adrenaline, all that attention, all of that crowd stuff, um, Chad, like how do you even settle yourself down or do you constantly in your life look for that? And is that what drives Russell Wilson?
2: All right. It's a sleep question. Almost impossible after a game, particularly a big game. Um, it's 2, 3 in the morning. You're exhausted. Your body is just drained of all energy, but your mind is going because if you – particularly for a home game, and you make a big play, imagine 70,000, you had 10,000 people, but imagine 70,000, 75,000 people directing their energy to you on the field. I have sacked a quarterback and stood up and literally felt like I was floating off of the grass because all the energy was Mm. directed to me on the field. And there's nothing else in life that's ever going to be like that. So to be able to make peace with how awesome that was, and then that part of my life is never, ever, ever coming Mm -hmm. back. There's just simply no way that's going to happen for me again. It took some time to be able to accept that, that this feeling that I was, you know, I guess in some ways addicted to um, now is just gone forever. Um, So, you know, as Nate and I have talked about, Russell Wilson's going to have to make peace with that. Every former athlete has to make peace with that. And you've got to find something else in your life that brings you what's well, going to be impossible to bring you that same level of feeling, but something that brings you some level of peace and enjoyment um, that connects to your soul in a similar kind of way. Because once you've scratched that itch, you want to keep scratching that itch. I bet. You can't do it in that same way, but you got to find something else that brings you something close to that.
1: You talk about that energy coming from the fans. I, I do believe there's an energetic armor that exists on game day that's put into these players that allows them to withstand hits and punishment that would kill them mm-hmm. out in the street. Like uh, you, you see, these guys jump as high as they can in the air, land flat on their back, pop right back up, and <sighs> get in the huddle, or get mm-hmm. absolutely smashed and pop up, and they're actually not injured. If you were walking, you know, out of your right. front door to the to your car with Practice. your keys in your hand, and you took the same hit, you'd end up in the hospital why is that what is it about that moment that protects you I think it's the energy of all these people watching that that Chad was just talking about and um, um oh I had another point I wanted to make um it was about uh, I forgot energy that. knives ross crowd
2: making peace
1: oh yeah about well there was one about Russ because you know he goes to that game last night and and he has had a you know, he's been here for two years, what not what not even two years, right? Yep, yeah, that's right. Um, and I think he goes there to gauge how people feel about him. I, you know, I
0: think you're right. I to, to wow. see it to
1: see where he's at, you I, know, to see to see what people think right now. Like, you know, before they were booing, so and mm-hmm. and how do they feel now? Because we're on a five game run. So let's go. And what do you think now? Okay, cool. All right, now I'm back home and I'm still working and all that, you know, like um. I think that probably there's a lot of insecurity there and he doesn't want this show to end. Of course he doesn't want to every, no one does like you talk about never being able to replace that. Um, for me, I was always in the first play of the game cause I was in special teams and nothing will replace running down the field on kickoff mm. on the opening kickoff, like a Braveheart battle scene, like right. I got an axe <laughs> in my hand <laughs> and everybody's, re- that's never going to happen in real life. And so I think you have to discover a new metric for for gauging what is success in your life? Is it achievement or is it joy? And if you can find joy in the commonplace things when you're done, then you can have consider yourself a success. But if it's always about these huge moments that are like, ah, you're going to be disappointed the rest of your life, because like Chad said, that's never coming back.
0: Well, these are the moments that I love conversations like this because I think there's always a reason for everything. And the deep psychological dives to me are, Really incredible. Like why did a guy on his birthday with a big family want to go to a basketball game kind of virtually by himself, not with his uh, family, but, 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 but that being said,
1: I would say is- that, that Darren, have you been to a, ba- a game on uh, by yourself? Cause it's your work on, on your birthday with no family around. Um, <clears throat> are you, I've, are you I've, like I, Russell Wilson?
0: No, I, I've never, I mean, I'm, I've worked on my birthday cause I have a job and it's just what it, it falls on. <laughs> but I've never chosen with my young family on my birthday to do something isolated. No, I've Mm -hmm. no, not when my kids were at home. My kids are older now, but no, no, it was always, there was always something on my birthday that would surround my family always. Um, and, and sometimes we'd be traveling because my birthday is in the summertime. My kids played travel baseball. So sometimes it was part of something else, but it always involved. I never, ever, On my birthday with my family, just like went to the movies by myself (laughs) or something like that. I mean, never. So, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not better than anybody. Uh, That's just I just haven't done it. I just think there's something to it. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. I just think it's a thing. Now, this is also the moment where people tell us to fuck off and get off our psychologist couch. And who do we think we are? So let me relate this just to football purposes. I do wonder if Russ can stay in balance with the way they're operating, especially against a team like the Texans, where you're going to have opportunities. Do you think Peyton Manning was was able to do this, but it was at the end of his career, fellas. I mean, it was at the very end of his career where he had to make significant, significant compromises in Gary Kubiak's system. So to Peyton's credit, he was still learning and developing even that late into a surefire Hall of Fame career. Do you guys think Russell Wilson can maintain the sort of balance that he was fighting so hard to get away from in Seattle in Denver in his first year only to return to what you have to self-accept as a better way for your team to operate, which means a lesser version of what you think you can be, Nate?
1: I do. I do because Sean Payton is going to make sure that happens. And, And I think that he understands the formula to winning in the nfl especially with this personnel group and russell wilson skill set and what they got going i think that he's going to stay committed to running the football and not putting russell into any difficult positions i think the only difficulty you're going to see that happen is when the defense doesn't play as well as they've been playing and and they don't cause these turnovers and they do have to score points you know to win and the pace of the, the game gets changed a bit and maybe they're not excelling on first and second down as, as much in the running game. So I think that's the only thing that could take him out of it. But, th- but theoretically they're going to stick with a plan. You know, the plan is never going to be going into this week. We're going to air it out. You know what I mean? We're going to ditch what we're doing relative to the players. On the, on, on... They're not going to do that, man. I think Sean, Sean Payton knows, knows how his, uh, his bread is, is buttered right now. I, I, I... And
0: you don't think, you don't think Russ is going to impro- improvise off of that. You don't think he's going to force the issue.
1: He may be a player or two, you know what I mean? But they don't be like, oh, and then Sean will be like, what are you, what are you doing, Russ? You know, and then uh, okay. and then he'll figure it out. I mean, is it going to be a perfect clean sheet every week with no mistakes? Like it pretty much has been mistake-free. <laughs> it, that's Like right. no interceptions, you know. And so Crazy. is it always going to be like that? No, but I think the formula they've stumbled onto, not stumbled, but found mm-hmm. um, after a couple of weeks is, is effective. And I don't see him deviating from that and, unless it stops working. Unless it stops working, unless they run up against an opponent that beats them 40, 34 to twelve, right. you know what I mean, and, and it's right. like, oh crap, they're they're on to us, because eventually they 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 are on to you in the NFL. Everybody's studying, everyone's evolving, everyone's trying to you know find a way to beat this team. And if some smart coach out there figures out a way to stop this offensive system, well, then they are going to have to adapt. And if they can't, then they will perish.
2: Okay, yes, uh, at some point as you get older in your career, you recognize you're. Style of play has to change and the things that you excel at change. So I think Russell Wilson having his football mortality literally put in front of his face the entire season last year, you had all these big plans for yourself and what you were going to do and it all fell completely flat. And the discussion was around you as the worst trade in NFL history, not Of the year not of the decade in nfl history that was a conversation around you so you talk about your football mortality you talk about being humble you talk about stripping away your ego you know russ didn't want to talk about the weight that he lost because that would be acknowledging that he did something wrong last year but he went out and lost the weight now (laughs) this year he's being asked to play a very different role i had to do the same thing at the end of my career and you have to twist your mind and your perspective to begin to take pride in other things i have a special teams game ball special teams player of the week game ball from new england that whenever i've you know finally set up all my memorabilia that will actually be the centerpiece of all my memorabilia because at that point i was replaced by teddy bruski he came back from the stroke and i went to bill belichick and said i got to play some kind of role on this team i just can't be a backup i've been a starter for 12 years you got to do something. Let me do something. So he put me on special teams. And I got the special teams game ball. Awesome. And when they gave me that game ball in the meeting, I literally choked up. Because, oh, man. All right. Rather than taking my ball and going home and right. being frustrated about my role and what I can't do and coach won't let me do this, I found a new way. I found a new pride point. I found something else that I can contribute to the team and I can be prideful and feel good about. So I think Russell Wilson is probably in that mental space. Would he love to go out there and cook? Heck yeah. When I got opportunities later in that year to rush the quarterback, I was stoked that I wasn't just a special teams guy that I was now back as a part of the defense. So the role will change and evolve, but as an older player, you've got to find a new source of pride, a new way to look at your play and still walk off the field being prideful and being happy with what you did. How great are you guys? You guys are the
0: best, man. Seriously. All right. Let me bring up one other uh, relatively quick thing. Um, And this leans more towards CU. Sports Illustrated isn't what it used to be. Boy, that's for sure. And with stories coming out that they're having like AI bots write their story. Oh, man. You know, and let let me tell you, man, when I was a kid, Sports Illustrated coming once a week, they had the best writers, the best sports coverage. I mean, those guys were my like media heroes. And then I got a treat as a fourteen-year-old once a year with the swimsuit uh, issue. Oh, yeah.
1: what did you do with that? Did you, well, did
0: the, I studied it.
1: Did you lock yourself in the bathroom? Did the pages kind mm-hmm. of stick together? Did the did you have to go get more Kleenex? What what was going,
0: Darren? What are you doing? I'm taking another shower, Ma. You know, Nate. It was purpose. It was purposed appropriately. Mm-hmm. But but now in this day and age of technology, swimsuits. Anyways, it's not the same magazine it once was. Okay, fine. That being said, it was announced today that Dion Sanders is their sports person of the year. <laughs> that, I'm not even joking about that. I just saw that before we started. Sports did, person of the year.
1: Did the AI bot make that decision?
0: Well, my question is, is this just pure pandering? Because this is what Dion really is. He gets Hmm. eyeballs and attention, or is this well deserved? That he has changed things. He has um, opened up doors. He's brought. I know the enrollment rate, Chad at CU, because I've I've got a friend whose daughter's trying to get into CU is like ridiculous. I've I've heard the enrollment rate is up forty percent to CU. How about applications to try to get in? Forty percent. That's Which real is,
1: money. That's real money for them. Yeah, I mean, yes. they put
2: about you know 150, 160 million dollars plus into Boulder, into the campus due to the Coach Prime effect. Wow. And I think that Sports Illustrated decided they want to glom on to that. I mean, early in the season, College Game Day and Fox Big Noon Kickoff was following the Buffaloes around like you know they were like a Beatles groupie. It was fascinating to watch. But at the same time, when you think about who have, who have the people who have been the Sportsman of the Year it has been people who have amazing track records of winning and not just drawing eyeballs and attention, but of winning. And so for,
0: let me stop you just there really quick. So I'll get right back to you. Couldn't you make the argument that not only is it the person of the year, but that award is also somewhat of a lifetime achievement award as well to recognize you for everything you've done in your career, Chad.
2: Yeah, I think there's something to be said for that. And when you look at, at past winners, but when I, you know, I as a kid got a subscription to Sports Illustrated when I was seven years old, and it came once a week, and I got the yearly swimsuit edition, just like you. Although I cut my swimsuit but edition. He came. He came more up. than once a
1: week when that thing came. Did
2: well, I'm you? sorry. Wait, <laughs> what did you do to your issue, Chad? I cut it up and I I, I taped it on the inside of my closet door. <laughs> I cut it up and, and put it out the- next to my bed on the walls. Yeah, the, the best the best shots were taped inside my closet doors, man. So you went uh-huh. inside the closet to go and well, you know, I do not want my mom to walk in the room and be, and be disgusted every time she walked in the room. So inside oh. the closet door was where it went. I had football posters and things on the re- on the rest of my walls, uh-huh. but inside my closet doors was a double closet door that opened up. Uh. They, they were taped to the inside of that. <laughs>
1: Fantastic. But we <laughs> gotta, gotta check this out.
2: <laughs> after being a subscriber to Sports Illustrated for literally more than 30 plus years, um, I, I it does there's a certain lifetime achievement to it. But again, it's usually because you've had an amazing season of wins and MVPs. And when you lost eight of your last nine, it doesn't quite feel that way. And it feels like Sports Illustrated is pandering to the mm. eyeballs and not to the achievement of it all.
0: Uh, n- Nate.
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah man hard to deny though that he's that he wasn't the biggest story in sports this year I think he he was he, he got the most attention and so I guess for this well you know what
0: like- Co- Colin Kyle called it he was a TikTok video meaning it was real yeah. hot for a short period of time and then it just kind of just went away
1: yeah, I guess so. But even, you know, even his failures are big news because because the, the it went up so high and now we're watching watched it crash. And it's it's been pretty fascinating. It's 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 led to a lot of discussion and filled a lot of airtime around the country. And so um, his his personality was larger than life. He came in with a lot of bravado and a lot of declaration, I think uh, caught everybody by surprise with the success early. So I think, you know, I understand what they're doing there, but like, like Chad said, it's, it should be about achievement. And they went four and, four and eight. They're losers, losers. So they got to get better, man. And, and I think Dion probably wants to prove that he's worthy of that sort of, uh, that sort of accolade and get better. The question is, can he?
0: Yeah. Listen, if you just want to prove that you're, you're an awesome attention getter, um, and you provide very positive reinforcements about self self worth. Uh, and value. I think I think Prime is incredible. And let me tell you, having kids going through college, big time colleges. Okay, I've been repulsed by the lack of overall diversity on major college campuses. I think it's ridiculous, and I I actually don't understand it. I really don't get it. And the fact that my kids proudly went to Smoky Hill High School—that's an extremely diverse school on every level you can imagine only to go to some sort of university where it's like cookie cutter left and right Chad I can't even imagine what it was like for you back in the day at CU Boulder and I I think if there's gonna be something listen you gotta win on the football field okay I know that's the prime objective but I I look at it like hey man what better things can you bring to a community and to a state and I do think prime does that I do I think you've got to get better at the football stuff for sure. Um, And you're going to see kids leave and coaches leave and all that sort of stuff. But the overall impact of prime, I think is af- absolutely fantastic. So I'm a big prime fan. I just think you got to get the football thing together somehow, but I do like the fact that it's bridging some sort of crazy gap that's uh, existed in the university system for years, Chad.
2: I think you bring up a great point. I've had friends who, uh, weren't necessarily football fans who contacted me for tickets this year because they wanted to come and see this in action. How does Colorado, a mostly white state, and Boulder, a mostly white campus and community, embrace this guy with such open arms and bring in a level of diversity that hasn't existed there, uh, at least publicly, in, in a long time? You know, the, the movie uh, 300, that's how I felt when I was at, at CU. Like we were the few, um, the proud, the 300 people of color on campus.
0: Uh, um, it, it may have been
2: a tick more than that, but it wasn't that much. much more than that. No, it's crazy. So in a, in a, in a campus system that's got more than 30,000 students, to be the few, the proud, the 300, yeah. um, was a, a bit of an odd, isolating place. Now, uh, I think it's a little bit different situation when the most visible person on campus is a man of color, a very proud uh, man of color who walks around with confidence and swagger and makes no apologies for who he is and how he looks at life and how he talks and the conversations that he has. So I think there's a lot of positives there. So I'm not saying Sports Illustrated is absolutely wrong. Mm. Just when I look at Sportsman of the Year in the past, it was typically because you put together an amazing year of winning as well as doing other things. The other things are certainly there for Coach Prime, but as Nate talked about, the winning certainly has been lacking this year.
1: Yeah, we, we, we only see the football stuff. We don't see the effect on campus, right? And, and so that part of it is – um something that isn't isn't in on espn it isn't in the net it isn't on sports illustrated but uh, those folks up in boulder and the kids who are interested in going there now do get to see that and do get to see it change and you know by all accounts i've never spent much time up there but it does need to change it does need to become more diverse and it is like you said 40 percent more enrollment that's incredible that's a lot of money for the Crazy. campus and and and, and <laughs> that kind of money and that kind of um uh, enrollment will allow more services and, and for everybody, Absolutely. you, you Absolutely. know what I'm saying? So yep. so, it could, could, so it could serve a campus that's diverse and not just the white kids on campus. So um, I think that's a, a fantastic thing that Dion's doing and we don't get to see that. So we got to give that him respect for bringing that type of
0: change. Yeah. Because being a college coach, that's where there's a different impact. So if he doesn't know all the names of the kids on the team, I mean, okay, I'll I'll give him some grace on that because (laughs) no,
1: no, no, you shouldn't. Two things can be true at the same time. You could be. Cool, cool things over here, but you still got to know the fucking names of your players. Well, man. all right.
0: You got to get a little better at that. That's for sure. Um, yeah, but that being said, I, I'm definitely, I hope it's clear I'm not a prime hater. We just talk about sports. And when we talk about sports, we're talking about sports. But when you just want to talk about an overall impact, I think this dude has been the most amazing thing the state has ever seen. Because I don't <laughs> know if we've ever, st- well, seriously, have we ever seen anybody this impactful John on it's, but I don't know if John Elway lifted people lifted people what? up. I, I think I think Prime has literally lifted a culture so he, up. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I
1: just I, I gotta go get my kid to daycare. But I'll tell you, uh, that's he's been here for six months, man, six months All or right. something like that. I mean, All aren't right. you putting? Aren't you getting a little bit ahead of yourself here? Like is is has he lifted? He lifted us, whatever. Yes. He's, he's, it's very exciting. It's very exciting, but time will tell. They're four and eight. They won three games in a row to All start. Right. Great. We're coming. We're coming. We here. it. Do you believe now? <laughs> yeah. Now they've lost seven of eight or whatever. That's not amazing. Okay. That's not good. That's actually bad, Darren. So like, no, he can't put them ahead of John Elway is the biggest thing in Colorado ever. Come on.
0: And on that note, we'll wrap it up. What is wrong with you, man? Uh, You're really scaring both me and Chad with that. Well, but it did work. Thank you for the. It was great what you did with my beard yesterday, Nate. The baby with with that knife. All right. We kill you with truth. We'll talk to you tomorrow.